Thank you for listening to this message from Life in the Sun Christian Fellowship. We hope you'll be inspired to honor God and make disciples. Well, good morning, church. Hey, how's Life in the Sun this morning? Man, that was good worship, yeah? Well, this morning, I just, uh, if you don't know who I am, uh, my name is Chris Brown, uh, one of the leaders here at Life in the Sun. And today, we're going to be going into week two of our series, Redefine. And today's topic is on salt and light. It's a, uh, a subject that where Jesus, we know that Jesus used metaphors. And metaphors are given to us in some, some accords as like parables. Uh, we need something in this life so that we can understand a spiritual principle. Amen? So when we're talking about salt and light, we're talking about an aspect of who God made us to be. Amen. So this morning, I just want to give thanks to uh, obviously our pastor, Pastor Mark uh, Beneventi and Terry. They're in, uh, in Japan this week ministering for uh, uh, Elijah House, Every Nation, or Every Nation, right. They're up at uh, Pastor Scott's church in Japan. Uh, we've had him here as a guest speaker. So just keep them in your prayers this morning. So before we get started, uh, I'd like to just uh, pray for today's service. Amen. Father, we just come before you and we thank you for your presence already here this morning. We thank you that your people are prepared and ready. We thank you for the expectation that's in our hearts, Lord, that you're going to speak to us today. Father, I just give to you all the preparation and time that has gone into the, you know, sharing your heart and your word this morning, Father. And I just give it all to you in Jesus' name. Let it not be about me and my opinion or whatever it is that I think needs to be said. But, Father, let your word flow through me right now in Jesus' name. Amen. So this is our scripture for today. It is out of the book of Matthew, chapter 5, and we're going to start in verse 13 and read through verse 16. You are the salt of the earth. But what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. For in the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see, so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Amen. So let's start with some benefits. Uh, Actually, before we get into the benefits of salt, today's message, uh, it really hit me when I saw the the overall aspect of what our series is on is redefined. And if you look up there, I I underlined you are. When Jesus said you are the salt of the earth, he is redefining salt who we are. He's taking what we used to be and redefining it. The understanding is that when we're born again, there's something mysterious that happens. We are translated, as it says in the word, from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. There's something that happens both in the spirit realm and within us. But isn't it funny how even through this 
transformation and this new experience, oftentimes we just kind of feel the same, don't we? We feel ordinary. We still have the same uh, perspective on life sometimes. And the only thing that may have changed for us is that now we have a glimpse of who God is. We've let him into our heart and we've began to live a new life, a new process, but it's still not quite clear to us. So through God's word, which it says in Proverbs is a lamp unto my feet, right? It gives us a way ahead. It gives us purpose. And it gives us the wisdom that we need in order to embark on this new journey that God has put us on. So with that in mind, let's look at some of the aspects of salt. The first aspect is it's a flavor enhancer. Uh, if you ever wondered, you know, how come whenever, uh, you know, those of us now that live out here in the Pacific region, why is it that when you catch a tuna and you pull it out of the water, you cut it up, and if you're lucky enough to have fresh tuna right there, you cut up the sashimi, right, and you put it out on your plate, what is the first thing you put on it? Salt. Many times, I mean, I know it comes in the form of soy sauce or soya sauce or however you want to say it. Benedetti, right? Okay. But what is its prime ingredient? Salt. So isn't it funny how a fish that lives in salt water needs salt to be added to it in order for it to taste better, right? But the interesting thing about it is the fish is protected. Think of the world as the ocean. And God has made us to be salt and light in this world. But he's also given it as a preservative to preserve us from absorbing the sins of the world. That is a reality, okay? That is the, the, the aspect that God wants us to begin to understand and walk in. His power is great, and his attitude towards us is for us to walk in that kind of freedom where we understand that no uh, good thing is going to be withheld from us. That's the opposite of what we kind of grown up believing, right? We think, oh, we're in this world, it's evil, it's dark, you know, and everybody's against me, the world's against me, the enemy's against me. But that is a lie. That is really where the enemy wants us to focus. But the focus needs to shift back to the truth that God is a preserver of life. He is a giver of life. And he wants to give that life to us in such a way that we understand that when we are alive in this world, swimming through life, we're protected. We don't absorb the saltiness of the world. Instead, we begin to live in the saltiness that God wants us to, to live in, which is in his word. It is also a disinfectant. Uh, salt is used uh, saline solution. What do, you con what do you clean your contacts with? Right? So saline solution is a, uh, uh, another aspect of, of salt that it disinfects. It is also used as a fertilizer to help things grow. And I didn't know this. This was a really unique one. It was traded at the same value as gold back in biblical times. Why do you think that is? 
you had to preserve meat, right? You went out hunting and you killed that big elk, you got 1,500 pounds of meat. I mean, that would be a lot of meat to eat in one night, right? It probably wouldn't fit. Though we'd try, wouldn't we? So we had have a way of preserving it. I mean, we don't think about it nowadays because, you know, we've got these fancy machines sitting in our uh, kitchens called refrigerators, right? We just throw the meat in there and unfortunately it grows into a science project and we end up throwing it out anyway. Maybe we ought to go back to using salt. I don't know. But it is also a preservative. I mean, uh, traded as gold. And also it was used uh, in biblical times. Romans actually used it to pay their salaries. That's what, what the Romans' uh, salary, was, salary was. It was based on that Roman word, salarium. Uh, and and you ever have, have you ever heard the term worth its weight in salt? Well, if you have, that's where it came from. If you haven't, now you've learned something new. Amen. Okay. <laughs> it's going to work. All right, so but what good is salt if it has lost its savor or its flavor? When we lose our saltiness that we've been given in Christ, or maybe we have not discovered that we even have it, maybe that's why we lose our influence or we lose our purpose, or maybe we have yet really to understand and uh, obtain our influence for the kingdom of God or to even establish our purpose in this life. You know, having Jesus in our life is a process. You know, he comes into us, uh, he comes to us to give us life. And sometimes that movement from not understanding what our purpose is or the fact that we have our, any influence at all to the point to where we begin to walk and realize in Christ, no, he lives and he breathes through me. And I notice that when I trust in him, I have an, uh, an effect on other people. There is an influence. And if you begin to walk in Christ long enough, you begin to realize that these aspects of his personality, his being, his purpose, effortlessly comes out of us. We don't have to work at it. There is, there's no uh, striving, no effort. In fact, it's called resting. And when we rest in Christ, we can uh, experience his presence. And at the same time, we experience him influencing others through us. Because when we are around people that are at peace in Christ, we can sense it, Right? We know that brother or that sister that, you know, it's like no matter what comes at them, it just, it just bounces off. You know, they have a right perspective. They have a right understanding and a right relationship. And sometimes when it's, we've lost that, we have to go back and get it. Because if we're not first salty in and of ourselves, if it's a redefinement of who we are, We've got to go back to the source. Amen? Oop, now it's working too good. Can you make it salty again? And so that's what I'm alluding to. We are incapable of resalting our life. Amen? So it's like these times of worship this morning that we have before God. 
That's your resalting time. That's when you stand before God and you say, Lord, make me salty again. Give me back my influence. Give me back my purpose and help me to see that there are greater things than me. There are greater things than what I think or I perceive that I'm lacking when I have you. I have something greater and I have you. This, this picture, uh, I showed it to my wife this morning and she's like, I don't understand this picture. So I'm going to give you a moment to kind of read it, but... This is about uh, where he says it will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. You know, I just thought about that poor van out there. It's actually a salt flat out in Bonneville. Uh, if anybody's ever been to Utah, they got the Bonneville salt flats, right? And they have this race, racetrack out there where they do uh, speed trials and they have all these fast cars and they can do like 400 miles an hour or something because it is like vast. It is huge, this salt flat. It's huge. Basically, Bonneville Lake was an old uh, salt lake that was out there, part of the Great Salt Lake. But Salt Lake now is smaller, and this was a portion of it uh, that's off to the west. And it stays dry most of the year. And there are times during the wet season when this area is actually covered with about two to three inches of water. So you ever see those fancy car commercials? You know, where the guy's out there walking across the, the, this, like, lake bed that's he's, like, walking on water. That's where they actually film all these. So, what I kind of related this picture to, and, you know, I like using pictures because pictures speak a lot louder than sometimes our own words. You know, it looks like this guy tried driving out there not realizing that he was going to get stuck. And that's sometimes us. You know, we, we do our best and we drive through life. But we end up falling into ruin. We end up falling uh, into sin. We fall uh, from grace. And that's what, the, what God wants us to discard. He wants us to just look at that situation and not let our pride uh, absorb that. But instead, he wants us to see that we're that van stuck out there, and he wants us to discard that part of our life. It's not that you are going to be discarded and trampled under the foot of men, but it's, it's an aspect where he's saying, I want you to get rid of that. That's something I want you to discard out of your life and give it to me. Re-appropriate uh, yourself to me. You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. The actual aspect of that word uh, in the Greek really refers to a lighthouse. You are the light of the world. Just as a lighthouse uh, was designed to keep ships from uh, uh, going up on those rocks, sometimes that's what we've been called to be in life for others. That we've been called to be uh, a light that keeps people from hitting these rocks and these shoals in our lives. We've been given that purpose because we have begun to learn and walk in the aspects of Christ to the point where we have learned how to avoid those things. And as we learn to avoid those things, we, we teach others how to avoid those things. You know, I was just, uh, you know, speaking yesterday with someone and, you know, uh, they were struggling a little bit with, uh, you know, being able to encourage uh, whenever they get frustrated with things, we all have been there, 
you know, we, at work or in our relationships. You know, when things aren't going our way, oftentimes we just get frustrated and we want to use anger or we want to use, uh, you know, if they want to be that way, fine. You know, those kinds of things, and thinking that that is going to change the other person. But the reality is, is that God has called us to demonstrate who he is in these relationships that we've been called into. You know, and I, and I told this individual, I said, it's, you know, you get sweet things by using honey, right? You want sweetness, you add honey. <laughs> if you want sweet tea, you don't put bitter root in there, right? You mean like, no, I, it doesn't taste good. It's not savory. It's not, it's not uh, tasty, right? But we always kind of take that back and we dial it into the area of our life where we say, you know, but if I'm nice to this person, if I, if I do good to them, they're just going to take advantage of me. You know, they're not going to change. And I told this individual, I said, well, have they changed now? In the way that you're treating them, have they changed at all? No. And, you know, I was kind of reflecting on it uh, in this, as we were driving in this morning, I you know, talking with, uh, with Cindy about it. And I said, you know, even at work, if you got that type of person that is going to come, or, you know, maybe I've done it too in, my, in the past, is where, you, you know, you come down hard on somebody. You know, and it's like, hey, you know, you better do this and you better do that and this better be right and that better be right. And, you know, especially in the military because it's life or death, right? So there's this mentality in the military that, you know, you better be hard because if, if you're not hard about it, you could cost somebody their life. And I understand that. But I began to reflect also on the outcome of that kind of mentality is that if when we receive it, we could be like, you know what? You're probably right, but because of the way that you're yelling at me and the way that you're treating me, I'm not going to do it. I'm not changing just because of the fact that you're yelling at me. That's human nature. It's what we do. So if that's our own reaction, why do we try to do that to other people thinking they're going to change? It's like a dead end. You know, it's like beating your head against the wall. It ain't gonna, it's not going to work, you know. For a while, when you're frustrated, beating your head against the wall might feel good, but after a while, it's going to begin to hurt. And that's kind of what we do in life. And that's what this whole aspect of, uh, of being salt and light is. So here's some aspects about light that, that I drew out of the scriptures. Light is truth. Because of the second reason, truth is Revelation. When you shine the light into a dark room, everything is revealed, right? You can kind of see where you're going. It gives understanding. So now if you can see the truth and you re the truth is now revealed, now you can begin to understand, oh, this is what's going on. God gives you wisdom in these things. It gives you peace. The light of God in our life brings peace. It also brings purpose. We can't walk through this life without some type of reason or purpose to move us forward. Otherwise, we stagnate. It also brings compassion. You know, in, in, uh, in many things, whenever we see people suffering, 
It is something even where Jesus said that his heart was moved to compassion whenever he saw the suffering of mankind. And he wanted to do something about it. And it's the same thing with us. When you have that stirring in your heart and in your spirit to be compassionate, it's because of the light of Christ. He's giving you the right perspective over that situation. Comes with love, grace, mercy, and of course, life. And these are some interesting verses. These are just two different versions. I like uh, kind of applying both. And this is uh, John 1, 5. The, the second one is actually John 1, 4 and 5. But it says, In him was life, and the life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overpowered it. There's power in the name of Jesus. It can be to the point where we have to surrender our own thought processes to the fact that what Jesus brings into our life cannot be overcome. Don't be ashamed of him in your life. His breath filled all things with a living, breathing light. This is just a different version. A light that thrives in the depths of darkness. And I love this. Blazes through murky bottoms, and it cannot and will not be quenched. The moment you begin to let the light of God into your life, it's an amazing thing. And if you look at the scripture, what does it say in Hebrews? It says, our God is a consuming fire. What is light other than the result of a source that produced it. Our God is a consuming fire. He is the source of light. Even in this life, what is the source of light? It's going to be something that's burning, whether it's a light bulb, a fire, it doesn't matter. It takes some type of ignition. Something needs to get ignited. And that's what God wants to do with us. We have these metaphors because he wants us to understand how to expect and how to operate and how to pray, and how to bring these things into our life and, and uh, appropriate them. Because just like the, the title says today about redefined, God is displaying to us who we already are. But even in this point, we have to understand how to become who he is in our life. And just to let you know, that background picture was a picture that I took in, uh, in Singapore, and that's right on the bay. And the reason that I used it is because you can see the darkness behind it, but you can visibly see those buildings in the middle of the night. They're visible. God wants us visible. He wants us to be an influencing factor in, the, in, in this dark life. But he also wants you to know that you can be. Even if you don't feel like you are, even if you don't feel like you're where you need to be, God has given you light. Use your available light that he's given to you to influence others. You don't have to wait until you feel, okay, now I'm ready. I can begin ministering to people. It is my conclusion that even in my own life, I can make the connection that many of you who are walking with God, even though you might be young in Christ, you've already experienced him wanting to use you, him wanting to say something to somebody through you. And I've been there where you're like, oh, I don't know. 
You know, the moment I let that out of my mouth, they're going to know who I am. And I'm, I don't know enough about you, God. I do, I'm not ready to do that yet. But I want to give you courage. Go ahead and do it. Because we find that the re, our, that very reaction is because we're, we're trying to uh, rely on our own strength. And that's just part of our old nature. It's, it's who we used to be. But God is saying, take a step of faith. Take a leap. Say something. Be salt and light in your family. Start there. Yes, at first, it's, it's kind of embarrassing, at, you know, right at the very beginning when we start to, to say those things, especially, you know, around the, those family members that uh, are not so receptive to the message of Christ. But what I find to be the truth is that many times those that appear to be the most non-receptive are the ones that are really taking it in. They're really drinking it in. And those are the ones like, uh, uh, I can't think of the name now, the one that came to Jesus in private, um, Nicodemus, you're right. And he said, you know, Lord, I want to know more about you. And sometimes that's, that's the light of, of God reaching somebody that maybe if you would not have taken that chance, you wouldn't have had that connection. And trust me, God is going to use each one of us in a powerful way. He's going to get to the, the people that he wants to talk to and he wants uh, them to have himself revealed to because if he doesn't use us, he's going to use somebody else. And I want you to be encouraged. Be salt and light. Let God use you. Begin to experience what it's like to be used by God. Feel his power working through you. Feel his wisdom when he wants to speak words specifically to a person where they come back to you and say, you've been reading my mail. Have you, were you in the living room when I had my fight with my wife? I didn't know you were there. No, I wasn't there in your living room, trust me. You know, the reality is, is God gave me insight to speak to you about how you're treating your wife. That's all. And it is through this that we learn surrender. We learn the power of God. And we, we walk away, uh, you know, with that sense of, wow, God, only you could have done that. That is the power of God. That is what he wants released in your life so that whenever you fall into doubt, whenever you fall into fearful moments in your life, you can go back to these standing stones and look at them and realize, wait a minute, God, you were there. You made it obvious to me that you're powerful. You made it obvious to me that you are real. And you made it obvious to me that that shows how much you love me. Amen? So no one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. And in the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly father. And it, when I was reading this verse, I realized that the opposite of this sometimes is isolation. Whenever we let the world influence us, whenever we let uh, our old life kind of creep back, this is, end up, this is why we want to isolate ourselves. This is why we don't go back to church. 
This is why we don't go back around our Christian friends and the, the fellowship that we had with them. And we want to isolate ourselves because something just is not right. We isolate. And we end up putting our lamp under a bushel. We end up hiding it instead of letting that lamp put, be put up on that stand where everybody can see it. And God designed it that way. Because if God is in your heart it's, and it's soft, even though you might stumble and fall, you realize, no, I got to get back into a place where God is so that he can re-soften re my heart and allow his light to shine through me. So if you're in a place of darkness right now, be encouraged to step into the light. Allow him to refresh you. Allow him to help you understand maybe what got you there. And he will be that lamp unto your feet again. Because the light is not being shown into your life to shame you. It's being shown into your life so that it can reveal his love, his mercy, and his grace. That he has provided for you a way of escape. And he has given you the power to follow him and receive forgiveness and become what he designed you to be. Amen? So what is our purpose? Our purpose is to shine God's light out of our lives, to minister unto others, to be Jesus to those who need it. Because when we surrender our will, he's the one who gets all the glory. See, oftentimes we're just trying so hard to please others instead of pleasing God. When we try to please God, we have to rely on him because we realize in our heart God is very difficult to please because he's perfect. Other people, I can fool them. I can get something over on other people. I can present myself in a way even though I'm not that way on the inside. But the reality is, is we can't do that with God because it says that he sees the thoughts and intents of your very heart. We can't do that with God. So sometimes we're fearful when we go before Christ. But the reality is, is again, he doesn't want to shame you. He's wanting to heal you. And so our purpose is when we are useful to him, then he'll use us more. The investment grows. And our repentance grows. And we find that we become less selfish and we continue to offer more of ourselves to him in surrender. And it's out of a cheerful heart. And it's not about gratifying ourselves anymore. It's about gratifying God. And it's about saying, you know what, God? I don't care what I have to, what I have to do to sacrifice. I'm going to help this person. I don't care if it's money. I don't care if it's time. I don't care if it's effort. I am going to go help this person in their time of need. And that is always the wrestle, isn't it? that we have in our lives because we have this, uh, this natural desire to please ourselves. You know, it's like, man, I hope somebody else can help them because I'm really tired tonight. It was a really stressful day. And, you know, I saw that text go out saying pray and, you know, offer help or do whatever. And our first flesh reaction is usually what comes out first. But that goes back to the other slide where I said that's the, the stuff that we need to discard. That's that unsalty salt. We need to get rid of it. Amen? And we need to allow the light of Christ and the new salt to come in and to realize, wait a minute, I don't have to think that way anymore. 
I can get on my knees right now and pray for this person. I can go and grab some food and take it to their house. I can do whatever it takes. Amen? So what does salt and light look like? This is what I'm going to close with today. This is a verse right out of Ephesians 5, verses 10 through 14. It says, carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Take no part in worthless deeds of evil and darkness, and instead expose them. It is shameful even to talk about the things that ungodly people do in secret, in the dark. But their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them. For the light makes everything visible. This is why it is said, awake, O sleeper. Rise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. What I want you to take from this verse and from today's message is, I don't know if that verse hit you the way it hit me, but when you read that first part, it's like you're about ready to get a scolding from God, right? (laughs) But what does it say at the end? Awake. Rise up from the dead so that the light of Christ might shine on you. God wants to give you life. He wants to give you light, and he wants to make you salty. He wants to give you the ability to influence others and to have a purpose in this life. Amen? Amen.